The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Out Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome inside the Wrestling War Zone, Monday Night Wars Podcast Retrospective. I'm JT, and joining me as ever is my partner Chad. Chad, how are you? I'm good. That's what you look like, huh? That's me. Huh? I know. It's crazy. I've changed a lot since August. <laughs> yeah, in the sub, uh, beginning of September. Yeah. 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 Something <laughs> like that. Uh, anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy New Year 2023. Yeah, here we are. The no so has uh changed most, I think, of anyone here in the new year so far. Uh, we got some video content. You can see that's where we are right now. If you're watching us on YouTube, welcome in. If you're on Podbean and you want to just put us on YouTube instead, you can go ahead and do that. Just head over yep. to the North South Connection page on YouTube, search it up, bookmark it, like it, follow it, all that stuff. Um, but exciting, exciting times for sure. Also, NorthSouthConnection.com is the home to everything. So if you just go there, you can see the video and the audio for anything you need to find. It's all in one spot. I know it's a Seinfeld bit, but when would you consider like it's too late to tell somebody Happy New Year? It's actually a Kirby Enthusiasm bit. There's an I exact like, scene from Kirby Enthusiasm. Uh, Larry gets mad. I think someone says it like it's like the February. end of January or something. Yeah, it's yeah. something like that. Yeah. I would say like the first week. To me, like if uh, maybe I'll give you a Martin Luther King. It, like That's once what you get I was going to say. Yeah, once you get there, it's like now we're now we're into the end of January. It's no longer the New Year. I have a uh, three-night cruise, Martin Luther King weekend. I'm interested to see if, like, on the ship, people are saying Happy New Year. That's going to be my well, see, To me, that, that feels like a special thing. Like, I was going to say, if, like, someone's traveling from you haven't seen in a while and they come, maybe say it. Like, I wouldn't just say it to someone I see regularly that I just hadn't seen in a couple of weeks or something like that. I don't but, think I'd say it to anybody yeah. I see regularly. <laughs> I know maybe I'm, like, cru- well, yeah, no, definitely not. But yeah. maybe on a cruise situation, everyone's kind of excited to be there only a couple weeks in. I, I could see you might get some there. Uh, so anyway, that said, I had an interesting weekend. How about you? Anything that happened for you? Yeah, we, we got some go stories to share. Go first? Yeah, go sure. First. Go first. I, I sent you a picture uh, about an hour ago of uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the carnage. Uh, so, so this is uh, what we call Richards, which is uh, yeah, a callback. Yeah. Um, so about a month ago, I was in Walmart, and the person in front of me was uh, an elderly man, and he had some groceries and checked out, and the lady gave him his total, and uh, he said, this was for DoorDash. Um, and <laughs> me and the, the uh, cashier thought he was joking, because... I would say he's in his seventies at least. Like he's <laughs> right. old. He is old. Um, and uh, 
and and like his hat he had one of those like old timer hats that like retired and loving it or you know one of those lame like <laughs> grandpa hats um right, right. but no he was serious so he was Don't me on my vacation yeah so um uh so friday i'm working doing my business doorbell rings i do my usual ignore it keeps on ringing uh, the kids want to go answer it. They say there's a man holding a pizza box. Open up the door, and sure enough, it's that guy. It's the DoorDash guy. Whoa. Staring me in the face saying, somebody ordered you a pizza. I said, nope, not me, <laughs> not me, Papa. Uh, <laughs> um, and so he gives the address. He's like, oh, it's 205, right? I'm like, nah, we're 105. Um and then uh, he goes to leave, and when he goes to leave, he drops the pizza, <laughs> and it's a, it's it's a mess. It is just a disaster. So now, this hang on, I don't even... you, you sent me a picture of the pizza. Yeah, can you if you send that to producer Tim? I think he can put it up for us on the video. Okay, here, so okay. So this is I, the kind I, of content we can do now. We can. <laughs> I, can I can message him now. The. Uh, yeah, if you send him the picture right now, he'll load it up for us. Okay, well, let me send because <laughs> it is it is uh it it is something to behold. So anyway, so he drops it like he didn't. I don't think he knew that we saw him drop it, right? Because he he kind of like like we were watching at the window and he like scurried it up and I mean he took forever because he's old, but then he eventually left, um, and um, and pulled out. And then about 10 minutes later, knock on the door. It's him again <laughs> with the pizza in hand. The box was, the box would not close correctly because he dropped it. But he was like, no, this is for you. There's no other address. I'm like, dude, I promise you, nobody ordered me pizza. And he was like, well, I got to deliver it. And I didn't know what to do. Like, I don't want to be a jerk to this grandpa. Right. There's the picture. We have the picture now. See the finished pizza. product. See the pizza right oh my god! So that's what yeah, he presented a... me when I go in and open it up. That's what I see. Like I didn't want to be mean to this guy because right. he's a grandpa, and I know he's like trying to do his retirement hustle or whatever. So I was like, "All right, I'll take this pizza." But it's such an obnoxiously large box. And as you can see, if you're looking at it, I mean, it's a disaster. Like, I mean, it's unedible, obviously. Um, so, yeah, that was that. Um, so that was a fun, fun little antidote. <laughs> That's like, uh, I, I, and, and then I had to, like, basically uh, sweep up the front porch, too, because it had, like, pizza drippings everywhere. Like, like it. Did you eat the pizza? No, I can't eat that. I mean, I don't I don't know. Like you don't know what's on the sidewalk. I mean, it was just it was a mess. He's You don't old. think someone's trying to poison you, do you? No, but I mean like he's old. I'm sure like the cleanliness. I mean, I know we're a couple of years removed from COVID, but <laughs> right. you know. I mean, I'm not like I don't do like uh, I did do DoorDash for a little bit, but I I never like order it myself unless I get a coupon. I, I haven't had great results with it, even when I've had like a coupon. I, I, it's always a little, you just don't know. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what's going right. on. So, no, no. You probably yeah. made the right call. 
Yeah, I definitely didn't eat this pizza. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon too. So I don't. I right, mean, right. I I still don't know. Like, there's a similar name neighborhood. Like the road we're on is Gate. In the end, and there's another one in the same town that's Crest, and a lot of people get them confused. It's a it's a similar, you know, naming convention. It's up at the end is Gate where I live, and Crest where the other neighborhood is. So I think that's where he made his miscue. Um, yep. he was in Gate and should have been in Crest, but I mean, what a disaster! I mean, if he'd have just handed me the regular pizza, it wouldn't have been as bad. But it was also right. the fact that, like, he tried to pawn off this like terrible looking pizza, <laughs> like he didn't drop it, <laughs> just like made a clean delivery. Um, <laughs> I just wonder like, what he did in those ten minutes. Did he try to reassemble it in the car? Like, what? I don't I guess know. That's what I don't know. He must That's have drove around looking know. for the house. I, yeah. I think he did, but it's like, I mean, the neighborhood I live in is probably like a two minute drive. So there was a lot of like thought process that I think went in and well, he might've been messing with his phone, trying to figure it out like that. That might've been a lot of it. And then his price said, fuck it. I'm just going to leave it here because I don't want to. I mean, he was not taking no for an answer. Cause I was like, no, like, like I was like, I don't, nobody would have ordered us to pee. He was like, Oh yeah, it's yours. It's yours. And was like, (laughs) like pushing it in. And I was like, all right, dude. Like, I felt like Kramer. Like, I'm not going to fight this guy over. It was like me or Jerry with the old woman with the rye or whatever. It was. Right, right. I was like, all right. I mean, you win. I'll take your <laughs> nasty pizza and throw it away in my trash. And which is, it is just always bad, too. Cause like the week, it was a week after Christmas. So, like, you know, the trash is already a disaster. And, like, I had to pile that thing up on top of the trash. Our, our trash gets picked up. Um, so, it was bad. Well, my Saturday was an interesting one. So, we had tickets for a Disney on Ice. Uh, it was for the whole family. My, my Our four, my sister and her kids, my mom, my mother-in-law, and we were meeting other friends there, another couple with um, with two kids. So we go, and, and we park on the street like I always do, and it's, they have like a pay-by app deal. So I, I'm going to pay. I'm just double-checking the sign just to make sure I get the code right. And also my phone goes black. Mm. It, the battery was fine like it wasn't it didn't die just goes completely black all that it shows is the flashlight and the camera at the bottom and nothing else when i try and do the hard reset it just makes like a siren noise like it's i think it's like the emergency thing or whatever so now of course all 10 tickets are in my Ticketmaster account on my phone so mm-hmm. we're walking into the dunk and i'm like panicking i'm like my phone usually it reset is not resetting it's not doing a thing it's it's completely non-responsive in every way so i go to log in confidently to, on my wife's phone to Ticketmaster. i don't know the password so i'm trying and i'm like it gives you five oh, attempts man. so i'm down to three and i'm like okay i can't risk getting locked out <laughs> so then i'm like well maybe my email i don't know my email password all my passwords are saved in my phone in the password app so that's where my tickets are and all my passwords so we get inside and meet my sister we're in the lobby we've got about a half hour to show time and i am like all right what am I going to do? So I'm like, let me go to the box office. But I'm like, there's no way these people are going to be able to help. They're never helpful. So I go to the ticket window. This lady is able to locate my account my account via my license, pulled up the tickets and printed them. So I'm like, all right, I'm feeling good. We get in. 
My phone's still non-responsive, complete non-responsive. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just gonna have to go to T-Mobile after or whatever and get it fixed. So we're in the show, meet up with the other friends. Show's going well. Right before the main event of Moana, it's uh, my mother-in-law gets a call, a voicemail that my wife's grandmother's like life alert thing went off, like in that. Oh. So she lives right near the dunk in like a building on Federal Hill. So she's trying to call. She's trying to get hold of her grandmother on the phone. She can't get a hold of her. Um, so she calls the life alert company. Like we're sending people over. She's not answering the phone. So now she's panicking. I'm down there in the lobby with her on the phone. I can't call anyone else on the seats because my phone's not working. So I got to go all the way back up to the fucking seats, let everyone know what's going on. Uh, so we made the plan that my wife and mother-in-law would take our car and go check on the grandmother. Um, and the five of us, me and my mom and the uh, four of us, me and my mom, and the kids, we're going to go home with our friends that live in our neighbor. Like they live right, right on the street from us. They have, the seven passenger vehicle there's eight of us right but they have like the extended trunk so they finally get through uh, her grandmother picks up she didn't fall she was like basically going to the bathroom and couldn't get up so she hit the yeah. thing to get help to get up so she's fine we find out she's fine so they're like all right we're gonna go over there so like okay so we go again we get load in the car my buddy sits in the trunk the kids are all in the back it's just like the longest ride home the kids are fucking bickering like my mom's getting it all you know it's just like like the, and i have no phone i can't do anything i'm texting through my mom to to my wife it's like the whole thing's a shit show so i'm like all right this is what we're gonna do i'm like my friends are gonna take alex to their house because he's friends with their son and then my daughter's gonna go with my mom and i'm gonna go right to t-mobile so i get home i realized i don't have any of my keys for my car because i had them in the other car because i had moved my car before we left and just threw the key in the glove box um not only that alex's medication was in that car so i couldn't give him his after yeah. so so everything's in the goddamn car so i have to go take my mom and sister and, and daughter to my mom's house then i take their car to t-mobile i walk in t-mobile the guy presses one freaking button and my phone comes right back on i'm like, I'm like what did you do he's like we just yeah. to do this this and this i'm like i was trying all that he's like well you weren't doing it in the right order i ended up getting a new phone for me one for my daughter who's never had one and then the T-Mobile Wi-Fi system. Uh, I was there for like two hours after all that, but it was just like it was like such a fiasco. I was like, it was like one of those days where just everything, it's like yeah. everything at once, you know? Yeah, it's it's uh nothing major, but just like everything's a, a right. complication. It's a I, those days are the worst. I always always equate it to the uh, Goodfellas scene where he finally gets busted, where he's, like, making the pasta and, like, going to pick up the <laughs> drugs and, like, doing all this stuff. Like, has to do all this crap in one day, but he's got to stir the pasta. Like, you got to keep stirring the pasta. It's like, yeah. Uh, such a fiasco. A and, then, and then yesterday we went for, like, a walk on this bike path, and it was... It was just taking forever, right? We keep stopping, looking at things. And my son's hungry. He's whining. So I'm like, oh, there's a subway at the end of the bike path. It's on like a main road or whatever. So you can't just walk off the bike path, but you have to go across a main road. So I'm like, okay, I'll order this. I didn't have my wallet. So this is a big problem. He wanted to go to the gas station and get a snack. I didn't have, we had no money on us. So I'm like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go. I'm going to put an order in on my phone in the subway app. And um, I'll pay my Apple Pay. I'll walk them to Subway, drop them off to eat, and then I'm going to go back and get the car, which is like a 20-minute walk back. So it took us 40 minutes to walk the length of this bike path, drop them off at Subway. Mm. I, I drop them off in the parking lot. They're going to walk to Subway. I have to hoof it all the way back another 20 minutes back down the bike path to get the car and then drive back to meet them. So I'm like, fine, whatever. I'll throw a podcast on. I'll, I'll hustle back. My wife calls me about five minutes into the walk. 
um, I looked at the confirmation. You ordered from the wrong subway. <laughs> the wrong subway. <laughs> so she Good had to Lord. download the app, order oh. again, use her credit card in the app to buy it on the spot. I finally went back, picked them up. We had to go to the other subway, <laughs> pick up our order from the other subway. So we had double, double order. I was like, Fuck. "It was just like the a long weekend of like nonsense." You, uh, you know who you're starting to sound like in your age. Somebody else that uh, couldn't find their keys to a vehicle. Huh? All right, listen. <laughs> anyway, this is the banter you get here on Wrestling Warzone. Let's dive in. We are on the November twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six weekend of TV. And our last episode was World War Three, Chad. So that means we're going to start yep. with Nitro. But uh, any news or notes you want to hit before we get into that? No, nah, nothing much going on. Um, we'll get into it. I, I think we're at an interesting time frame, though. Um, we'll, we can talk about it with the show. But basically, like, we know uh, Piper versus Hogan sign, um, both in both in kayfabe and in real life. Uh, so, so that's a focus. Bischoff's a heel now, so that's that's another switch in the presentation. Um, and then as we'll talk about the, and I think this is the biggest one, especially on this night. Uh, there's there's some transitional stuff on this Nitro, which we'll get on. But I think the biggest thing is Raw going an hour early, yes. which has happened now a couple of weeks. Uh, but I thought it was more glaring on this show. Mm-hmm. That you could really tell they were now uh, programming against Raw. Right. Like so you think hour one is getting hot? Hour one, if you look at this show, as we'll go through, like hour one and the cross programming they're doing compared to Raw, there's a big emphasis on hour one. Hour two is where they're dropping like the full recap from the pay-per-view and stuff like that. Um, it's just interesting to see. Like for us yeah. that have watched the pay-per-view, our twos become kind of a breeze to uh, to uh, right. watch on the network because they've been putting these Piper segments almost in full on it. Um, but, it almost uh, is like a science event setup. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they're really programming. I, I wouldn't say it's like a shots fired, but it's 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 definitely something that I think like I I sort of feel like in the summer we talked about it like even when the NWO um came on board, you know, they didn't have Hogan in every episode. Right. So we talked about like the restraint they showed. And Hogan's not on this episode. Uh, which is the first one, and I think in a few weeks, like it felt like the first one in a while where mm-hmm. we at least didn't get like a promo from the movie set or nothing. Like there was no right. Hogan. Um, but um, I, I feel like now there's definitely more programming against WWF has happening. And I don't know if they see like some small signs of momentum growth. Uh, it just feels more aggressive to me. Like yeah. it feels like in the summer, like they were very confident. Like, hey, we we got this great angle. We're gonna stay the course. We don't we don't care what they do. Like right. we're gonna do our own thing. Now it feels like, well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna program against them. So we know that because this is a tape show, like we can kind of predict what the order is gonna be. 
Right. Um, and we can. Do you go think they thought that. Raw was getting better, or do you think that they were going for the kill? That they thought WWF was super vulnerable, and that this could maybe finish. Yeah, them? I mean that that's the case too. Like it could just be they were overconfident, but I I, th- I think you could see some strides in Raw. We'll get to Raw too because I thought Raw was very interesting actually right. this week. Not as much on screen as much as the presentation. Um, right. I just feel like there's a lot going on. It's one of those weird weeks where, like, if you watch both of these shows, uh, I didn't think either show was very good, to be honest. Right, right. yeah, yeah. Um, like, if you just watch the show cold, you know, like, hey, I'm, you know, I, I'm going to parachute in and watch the 11, 25, 96 shows. Neither right. one's very good. But if you watch it like how we have and hopefully the listeners have progressively, uh, I, I thought there were some pretty alarming like things that you could pick up on. Uh, so we are from Salisbury, Maryland, which uh, is a random, very random place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a, I looked it up on Wikipedia, the town. It's only 33,000 people in the right. town, which is, it's crazy. Uh, the Wimimico, <laughs> I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure, but the Wimimico County Civic Center uh doesn't even have a wikipedia which is always a bad sign uh from what i've looked at i i would compare it kind of to the macon coliseum right kind of had that feel uh you know around five thousand people probably but um are you I shocked mean, it, at like a year in nitro still running these buildings yeah, like i know not this is crazy to me that like you think of them as being so big but i guess it's not there yet i mean it's you know, we're less than, or just over a year away from like the Georgia Dome, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, they're in. I mean, they're in the Georgia Dome, January fifth, ninety-seven. So, jeez, oh, that's soon. I think. No, no, no. Never mind. Sorry, that's January fifth, ninety-eight. Sorry, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. So a little over a year. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, a little over a year. Salisbury. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that's right because we still have the uh, the last raw or the last nitro in the Omni, which is uh, Piper's. The uh, tryouts that's oh, coming up buddies. in March, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's interesting. I mean, they still like they have no stronghold in the north northeast, so you see that like where they're kind of still, you know, they got Las Vegas, they did a little bit in um, Arizona, but uh, I I don't know. It, this this was an odd spot for me. It's coming off two other big nights, though. I mean, they mm-hmm. did Baltimore on Saturday. They did Norfolk on Sunday. So this is almost like the coda for the weekend for them. Yeah. Uh, Larry and Tony are, uh, first off, Hogan and Sting still in the intro. No surprise there. Uh, Larry and Tony are ringside. They kind of talk about the contract being signed. They show some still pictures of that. Uh, and then they also transition, you know, we've had Giant walking around with the U.S. Championship for a while now. We finally get some kind of conclusiveness, I guess, on that, um, where we learn that the U.S. Championship uh, tournament's going to be decided. Uh, Giant is walking around with the U.S. Championship belt, but he's not the champion. There will be a tournament to decide that, and the first round starts tonight. Um, and that leads us right into our first match, which is a first-round matchup for the U.S. title. It's Lakes Luger versus Arn Anderson. Uh, kind of nice rematch from Halloween Havoc. Uh-huh. Uh, first question I had, do you think, like, 
the U.S. title at this point was a little bit below Luger. Yeah, and that's not a slight at the U.S. title. I think it's just to where Luger's at. Um, yeah, the U.S. title's been weird this year because, like, Flair had it, but it didn't feel like he was really – like, he kind of just won it, I felt like, as a consolation after, like, the NWO started. Yeah. Um, one different Conan. Beginning there was trash, right? We know that, like, with Conan and one-man gang and all that stuff. Like, we hear yeah, that. Yeah, very bad. Um, so Flair wins it, doesn't really do anything with it. He gets hurt. Uh, and now it's been like kind of with the giant, but not really. Like so, it's yeah, it's it's probably not one of the maybe one of the weakest years in the U.S. title history, honestly. Uh, up to this point, yeah, probably. Yeah. So this feels um, like a real hard reset for the division. So I I, I would say that I think it's trying to get the stars in there. Um, you know, in in WCW, the U.S. title content holder was always in theory presented as an M1 contender to the world title. Right. So you right. could argue that well, if Luger wins the U.S. title, then he's guaranteed a title shot that he's been wanting. So you could look at it that way yeah i i just thought it was a little strange um i don't know i mean i see it as i understand like they're kind of trying to rehab the title but i don't know why lex like really gives a crap about being the u.s championship all of a sudden right. it feels like he's got too much other stuff going on uh so i mean this match itself like I don't know. I, I saw your ratings. I think we're going to have some dissension tonight. Uh, I, I'll just say, like, I like this match. I thought mm-hmm. I thought this was a nice, like, throwback to a match you would see in the 80s uh, on WCW Saturday night or when it was still just World Championship Wrestling. Uh, Arn comes in with his midsection taped up. Uh, Luger doesn't target, target that at first. He starts going after the arm. But, uh, I mean, that's I, I think if you're a WCW or NWA kind of fanboy like I am, this is one of those matches you sort of like because it, it, it follows that template of like a Garvin versus Horn or Garvin right. versus Tully that you'd see where you get some limb work. Uh, then there's the nice transition where Arn's on top uh, when we come back from break. Uh, but off the second rope, he gets the nice like back elbow from Luger, and then Luger keeps going back to the arm. But now, like Arn has been neutralized, where he's taped up, so he does also go by mm-hmm. uh, the midsection. Uh, so I just thought it was like really smart work between both of them. The heel uh, is always going to look a little uh, too underneath. I, that's kind of, I mean, that's a that's right. a valid, I think, critique where Arn doesn't get a whole lot of offense in. But in this case, with the way both are positioned, I think that's fine. Like, I, I'm fine with Luger kind of dominating this match uh, based on their position in the promotion at the time. Then we get to the finish where Giant's in the crowd. He's holding the belt. Uh, while he's doing, like, he starts cutting a promo and Lex is practically ignoring him. So he hits a power slam while Giant's talking. Uh, Giant says, like, you can call yourself the U.S. champion, but he doesn't care because he's the rightful champ. And if you win the tournament, you can come get some of the Giant. Uh, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. Him trying to interrupt the match, but he's right. not able yeah. to. to uh, right. So uh, Orn throughout all this does get a pinfall but luger has his foot on the ropes then he goes to the top gets caught again uh luger tries the rack but is unable to get it then they tumble to the outside uh and we go to the finish where basically luger racks him 
on the outside, won't break it up. Mark Curtis is kind of pleading with him and then eventually goes back into the ring, counts both guys out. So both guys are eliminated from the tournament. I don't know, a little bit of a weak finish. But I I, I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying. I don't know why Luger was in this, because I feel like they're a little handcuffed with having Luger in it, because right. they didn't want him to lose, but they don't want him to be the champion either. So they kind of had to book this finish. Uh, but as a match, I liked it. I thought this was a good match. I went three stars. Yeah, I'm I'm lower at two and a quarter. Um, Tony's still pissy with with Larry about him bailing <laughs> when the NWO showed up. He's still not happy at all. We get talk about Baltimore. We get talk about Starcade. Tickets are on sale. Uh, I don't. All through the match, Arn just felt like he was stuck in the mud through this. Like Luger's ramping up. Arn just seems like he can never get going. I know you said that Luger pretty much dominated. Yeah. Um, but to me, I didn't. I just didn't find that super engaging overall. Uh, it seemed like anytime Arn started to take control, Luger would just trip him up and and take back over. And then I, I thought the finish was stupid. Uh, I mean, the mm-hmm. bell ringing is kind of botched as part of it too. Like I just. Yeah. It, yeah. This wasn't much here. I mean, Arn to me just looks worn out. He looks slow and in pain, and and maybe he's just selling really well, or maybe he's just getting tired and old. But no, he looked looked like he was pretty beaten down in this one. Yeah, I I think he's definitely hurt legitimately. I mean, he doesn't have much left. Um, I actually thought this was probably the best he's looked in a little bit. Like, I thought he looked better here than Havoc. The finish... Uh, the bell was very botched. Like the bell rings before Curtis even starts counting. So yeah, whoever had the ringer on the bell was too quick. So I mean, the, I I thought the finish was sort of the dumb. weakest part. Yeah, yeah. I thought I made Luger look kind of silly. Like, what's he doing? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just get the ring. I don't. Know. I just it just looks dumb. He's racking him in the aisle. Like, so many does not <laughs> care about the title. Like, it's yeah. Just, well, we're it, trying to and, build this guy's like the top face and it just makes him look in a match he's dominated i could see if he was getting worked the whole match and then just like through a desperation move but he's destroying this guy and then does this rack in the aisle which you know you're not going to beat back in time just it made him look kind of silly um and starting the tournament out of the gate with a double count out like it's kind of tough too we're starting to show and the tournament with like a shitty finish so why not just do this match later in the night maybe it's not as like glaring when it opens the show and you're kind of getting revved into things then you do the stupid finish so um I didn't have as much of a problem with Luger and Arn taken out of the tournament. It was more the way they did it was botchy. And then starting the whole tournament and night off with the stupid finish to me, it was like, okay. Yeah. What I, this is what I think, like, I think they definitely wanted to program this match versus Brett and Owen. Um, right. So, yeah, that's probably it. So, I mean, crappy finish for sure. But I, I, I definitely think their thought process was like, we're going this is our uh, two biggest names that are matching up tonight. So we're going to uh, just program it that way. Um, but I don't know. I liked it. <laughs> it's up for the finish. Uh, some stills and analysis of Ultimo versus Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit on Giant winning the Battle Royal. And then, again, I thought this was, again, programming against whatever was going on Raw as we get our big NWO promo here in the second segment of the night. Uh, so the NWO music fires up. Now, the NWO contingent tonight's a little interesting. We got Bischoff 6, The Outsiders, Giant, and Vincent. Uh, so no Hogan there, which I mentioned earlier. 
The other notable absence is DBIC. Mm. And I think already we're seeing him take a back burner yeah. uh, with uh, Eric. And, and he's been now. way so focused on as like way more than we had thought originally, right? Is like the driving yeah. force of the NWO, where Dibiase's money, Dibiase's bankrolling, mm-hmm. it, mainly Larry was pushing that, but like it was constant, constant, um, you know, pushing of that from him. Right. And now you're right with Bischoff, he's kind of taken Dibiase's role as a major mouthpiece, right? Uh, so Larry does say cowards travel in bunches. Uh, Eric praises an NWO sign in the card and uh, in the crowd. And then he talks about how pain can be a positive thing, and that's a lesson in life. He got jackknifed in Baltimore, and the next day he could wiggle his toes and still feel his fingers. And he asked himself one important question. Does he want to be consumed by the power or overcome part of the force? Uh, so a couple of days later, he did some planning uh, with Hall and Nash. So, again, saying, like, Hall and Nash are really the ones that kind of brought him on board and were like, okay, we're good with you joining up with us way back when. Uh, And then he talks about how not only is the highest-ranking official executive in the NWO, he's also the highest-ranking executive in WCW. Uh, Then he lays out his message for the locker room that from this day forward, right now, they have 30 days to convert their WCW contracts to NWO contracts. We are going to build a dynasty. Uh, he has some words for Piper saying he's probably going to be fined uh, before the match at Stargate. And then he also talks about uh, that uh, the U.S. title and that possession is nine-tenths of the law. And, you know, with somebody like the Giant, having that possession who's gonna come get it uh so that's kind of the first part of this whole spill so uh give me your thoughts on that like did you think eric's reasoning for joining up with the nwo made sense um, yeah i think so um you know to me it's like all right these guys are clearly a force this is the team i want to be on with my contract and power i can help them kind of forge away i think they're more likely to be successful long term got the wake up call. So I thought it seemed fine. It's not like, you know, it's not like sometimes where guys turn, like they join their attackers. And like, so it's not like, it's like Bischoff had been that beaten down by these guys that like, it's silly that he's joining them. Like it makes perfect sense to me that he'd be, why not as an executive, the money's there. He thinks these guys are the future of the professional wrestling business. And I can convert WCW to NWO eventually with the guys who want to be there. So I think, I think definitely the, explanation to me makes sense um i thought the delivery was good too i think he's already pretty much got the character down just as much as we'll see you know a year later with vince i think um i think bischoff's doing the same thing i think you could see he kind of had it in him all along because it doesn't feel like as much of a ramp up the character feels fully baked already uh what did you think of this contract conversion thing I i thought it set up some interesting stuff um but it's one of those things where Honestly, I still feel like as of this moment, they thought they were going to turn the first hour into NWO Nitro. That's what it felt like to me. So uh, I'm kind of interested to see when that changes. Um, Because this definitely feels like a ploy to get more people. And that's been one of the critiques, like in retrospect, that we have to track where, uh, you know, the NWO just gets too big 
gets too too many mm-hmm. members, you know, it it's a law of diminishing returns. Yeah, and it, um, it, right. And and they're clearly trying to build this into a brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um so it's 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 a little weird. Uh I mean Eric is very slimy, slimy. He's not very likable. Um we're still seeing where the crowd is definitely pro NWO. Like this crowd was really pro NWO. Uh-huh. And and it's not in this, but I'll just mention it now. I did make a note. I'm not sure when it actually happens, but I, I do think you're seeing some slight, you know, like we wanted to talk about like when we think there's some ever so slight, I guess, like cracks. Uh, and I think this is one of those times where Eric as a heel is really good and he really fits. But between him not being on commentary, which I'm shocked. I mean, I obviously like Tony better as a commentator, but having somebody that is the executive that's mm-hmm. like driving on this on commentary does help. Um, and there's still, I still think there's that tinge of Eric where it was like, well, you know, we're heel, but we're really the cool guys. Right. And the crowd's a little bit confused. Like there's one uh, female in the audience on this show that has an NWO shirt on and her face paints exactly like sting. Right. Now you can argue like that confusion's what they want because mm-hmm. it's like, well, whose side sting on and that's well and good. But um, it, it's interesting. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, it's almost like you can see like why Vince was fearful uh, when he bought WCW that like, he didn't want to make them too strong um, and you know, they went the other way where WCW and ECW was too handcuffed, but it does feel like at this moment, um, there's Piper and there's Luger and there's not a whole lot of other like cool things that are happening in WCW to go against the NWO. It doesn't right. feel like there's much opposition. Um, and it, it, it feels very easy I mean, I know I was like even as a nine-year-old and ten-year-old around this time. Like I was, I was an NWO fan. Like I was doing the, the yeah. I mean, well, like you know, said, why wouldn't you be? And whatever. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you be? So, so it's it's just interesting to watch that play out. Like I, I don't think, like as of this moment, I would still rank the angle overall. I don't know nine nine and a half out of ten, but. I don't think we're at a 10 like we were probably up to Halloween Havoc. Like, I think everything right. to Halloween Havoc was just like everything worked. Crushing it, yeah. Great. And then the hill turn with Eric were and the stuff we've seen with Piper's great. And there's still a lot. Of, I mean, what we're about to talk about, I think, was great, too. But it's starting to get like, all right, it may be a bit too much. So, yeah. something to distract. It's, it, well, you it makes you wonder, like, what was the life of this angle meant to be? Yeah. Yeah, I you mean, it, I, is it an angle that really shouldn't last more than six to eight months, right? As good as it is and as hot as it is, could you make a case that Starcade '96 should have ended it? You know, what I mean, like, I if if you care, like, if you don't give a shit, it gets bloated and it's not as good, but it's still good. Fine, right? It's, I mean, it's hard to argue with the success that they had. Uh, but if you're really looking for a pristine, perfectly executed angle, you could argue maybe it should have ended at Starcade or Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I think you could do Bash at the Beach and say like a year long, but um, 
I mean, you see that, like, with Von Erichs versus Freebirds. Like, it starts essentially Christmas night, 1982. And, I mean, it goes, but 1984, you know, once you're over a year, you really are starting to say, all right, guys, like, we're still fighting and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, like, November 1984 is where you see uh, Carrie and Terry Gordy shake hands. As right. like the symbolic moment, so that's as essentially the end of the feud. But the last few months, for sure, were diminishing. Um, I, I think they just were want like if they wanted it to be a genuine brand and to be the first hour of Nitro, they had to get more roster members. So I understand yeah. that. Um. I almost wonder if they could have done some sort of feeder system. Yeah. Uh, where you say like, hey, you can you can try out and you can wrestle in our first hour. And if we like what we see, you know, we may give you a shirt, you know, like that right. can be like the into the cool club, almost like they were pledging. Yeah, uh, that would be like your fraternity. I think their thing. idea is what what Dodie would do later, and and everyone else. Like, I really think they just wanted to have NWO be its own show and brand. And because yeah. Bischoff even says it in future years, like, oh, we wanted WCW to be number one and NWO to be number two, whatever, yeah. right? So, yeah, and Dodie have to be number three. Like, I mean, that was their goal. So I think they were really looking to just make it its own thing. Like, it would have its own show and be separate from WCW its own talent. And then I think they kind of realized it's not going to work, and it works better this way with it integrated, but. It'll be interesting when that shift happens. Right. Um, so so saying all that, the American males come out. And, uh, you know, they're sort of talking to each other as they come down the aisle. As soon as they get in the ring, Buff immediately high-fives the NWO, joins them. Uh, Marcus, excuse me, not Buff. I'm jumping the gun here. Marcus high-fives the NWO. He joins them. Bischoff yeah. gives a big, all right. And uh, Scotty Riggs is in disbelief. Uh, then in one of the more all-time dumb <laughs> babyface moments, uh, Marcus hugs Scotty Riggs, and then Riggs immediately <laughs> turns around, which was yep. uh, so stupid. But uh, it gives a great gif where Bagwell gives him the uh, neck breaker and six little dance. <laughs> where he like struts around like he's on a like a bike or something like I, I don't even know how to describe it like he starts kicking his legs it's just a great dance uh it makes me laugh like every time his celebration uh so yeah Marcus Bagwell's a member of the NWO huge NWO chant at that uh Nash says it looks to him that those who hesitate and then he hands it off to Hall and Hall says they get pumped to end the segment I thought this was a cool way to finalize the dissension we've seen with the American males the past, yeah. I guess, month or so. Uh, certainly, Bagwell's pretty hateable. Some of them joining the NWO felt natural. I, I didn't have an issue with this. And again, like, I just love, like, I've seen this so many times. And every time I laugh when Six, like, dances around, he's just, like, over the moon that Bagwell neck breaks this guy so it was good it was well done all right uh so big turn yeah i, I think i think bagwell is, is 
the choice makes sense too. Like he's still not rookie anymore, but he's still like a fairly young talent. It's a guy that's been completely stuck, stuck in the same gear forever. Right. Um, He's been, you know, in tag teams that go nowhere, kind of. Maybe they'll win the title for a week. Right? It happened a few times with them with the Patriot and then with uh, Riggs. Like, it, it's happened before Scorpio. I think they, I think it was the same thing with all three teams. I think they won the belt for, like, a week or a month here and there. Uh, but yep. otherwise, he's been doing the same shit since 1992. Uh, so I, I think trying him out as a cocky heel makes a lot of sense. He's the perfect – he's the guy that you could add to the NWO because of his potential. It's not yep. just a washout. Yeah, a guy you're adding that's not going to go anywhere just to have a body. He's a dude that actually could have potential, and why not take a shot on him? Yeah, uh, and if if not, then he's just a low end stooge, right? That you can feed to, to dudes. So, yeah, we haven't we haven't got to an NWO addition that I don't think serves a purpose. Like even Vincent, he serves a purpose because he has the history and he's a you know a goon, so he serves a purpose. Uh, next match is Dallas Page versus Disco Inferno. We actually haven't seen Disco in a while. Uh, Dallas tags in before the bell to some pops. Uh, and Dallas just kind of berates Disco for most of the match. He crotches him hard over the top rope. Uh, now, Disco's only offense in this match is when he hits two swinging net breakers in a row, but he dances in between both of them. Uh, so that allows Dallas to punch him right in the stomach. And yep. uh, he ends up punching Disco hard in the ribs. Like, they didn't look very worked. <laughs> like, I thought Dallas... It's like a fun little boxing there. match kind of breaks mm-hmm. out in there. Yeah, these look very stiff. And uh, in, like, interesting parts of the body, too, that you don't typically see in many wrestling matches. Like, a lot of ribs and just uh, lungs. Uh, so, a float over into the diamond cutter ends it. You know, I mean, this was like a two-minute match, but because of the uniqueness, I thought it was actually pretty fun. I went two and a quarter. Oh, <laughs> one and a half. Um, but yeah. I, I liked it fine enough. It almost doesn't. Feel, I know it's not tournaments work, but it's like Paige is getting disco, and the, disco's not pre- been presented as any kind of threat <laughs> in anywhere. And like Luger and Arn gonna duke it out in the first round, and Paige gets disco. Like it, just, it seems like. It just seems like a very haphazard tournament right now. Like we haven't seen any brackets. We haven't seen any logistics as to why the brackets were set up the way they were. Like it would have been nice if they gave some history behind it or, Oh, we drew these names out of a bucket or the championship committee booked it this way. Like, just give us a little something. Um, right. Like disco even, even being in the tournament seems kind of goofy given how well, I don't think this is a tournament match. Is it? Or is yeah, it? no, it is. Yeah, it is. I don't think so. This is pages opening round match. Yeah. No, am I wrong? Uh, I thought it was. Yeah. No, I think it's. No, no, no. It's. uh, I mean, they didn't do a good job. I mean, um, they didn't do a good job. It seemed like it was the way they're talking. Yeah, yeah. Here's your eight competitors it's Luger, Anderson, Eddie, Conan, and then uh, the next Nitro, we have Benoit, Regal. And then actually in two weeks, we have Paige versus Jarrett. Oh, okay. Um, so then that. Oh, well, that makes me feel a little bit better. I thought Disco was yeah. in the tournament and all this other yeah. stuff. Okay, so that's because that, that allows that Page versus Jarrett match essentially is a uh, a de facto semi final. Yeah, because of right. the double count out. Yep. There we go. All right, well, it makes me feel a little bit better, but it's still not explained very well. I thought for sure the way they were talking no. was a tournament match. Could have had yeah. brackets for sure. Yeah, something could have helped. Uh, still a star and a half for me there. 
Okay. Uh, mean Gene does his weekly interview with Dallas at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's uh, Dallas says the reason the NWO wants Page is they're trying to build a dynasty, and what better way to do it than to stick with the guy in with the baddest finisher in the planet, the Diamond Cutter. Gene wants some straight answers. Uh, so he basically makes Page admit he's good friends with Hall and Nash, that he's a neighbor to Eric Bischoff. Uh, Gene says, who are you trying to kid? Dallas says, him and Bischoff go back farther than anyone. He didn't know what was going to happen. He said he looked like a moron, and he wished he didn't know now what he didn't know then uh, to kind of end it. So I, I didn't think this was any new development here. This was kind of the same stuff we've heard for a couple weeks now, but uh, still kind of bringing it up. But but this felt like um, a, a week where we kind of stayed pat on the Dallas Page yeah. developments. Right. We're just kind of repeating information where you know. It's just that Page is being more direct with it now, right? He usually was kind of dodging yeah. it and not saying it, and now he's flat yeah. out saying it. You know, we go way back, be Hall and Nash, Bischoff's my neighbor. Um, I thought I knew Bischoff. I feel like a moron. You know, why didn't they tell me? So it's like, you know, now he's getting aggravated a little bit, right? Because they were saying, you don't know. You're not getting it. He's not getting it, right? That's what Hall and Nash mm-hmm. kept saying. And now yeah. he's basically saying, yeah, I didn't get it. But why didn't you tell me? Like, it's bullshit. Right. Like, you guys should have let okay. me in on the, on the secret. Right. Uh, WCWWrestling.com pushed. Still looks as old as ever. Um, and then uh, Stephen Regal coming off his nice appearance on World War Three. He's facing Tony Pena, the catcher. Um, <laughs> uh, I I don't know what happened here. Um, so Tony Pena has the four on his tights. So it's obvious he's Viano four. Um, <laughs> I think I say four horsemen. No, um, I don't know why he's unmasked though. Like, yeah, do you think he lost it or forgot it? No, I, well, I mean, I, 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 I should have, I meant to message maybe like Zellner or somebody. I, I'm interested if somebody knows, like, please let us know because I mean, right. he, I mean, he has like very high profile of Apuestas matches a decade later in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just weird to see him unmasked as Tony Pena in this random nitro appearance. Um, and not beyond, I mean, I don't, I don't know, put the sequel pay mat mask on him and roll him right. out there, do something. Maybe they figured uh, they could do the old, uh, whatever, have the guy wrestle under two gimmicks, like save, save some money. It's the kind of thing. Like I mean, maybe, but then don't it. have freaking four on your tides. Like, no, it's it's like, okay. I didn't even pick up on it. So, oh, if that's I'm not, so dumb. It's it. so dumb. Um, Larry in his all time, like boomer moment says he can't even start a computer at the beginning of this match. It's like, yeah, big surprise there. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is another, like, two-minute match. Uh, mm-hmm. But I thought it had some fun mat wrestling between the two. Regal's kind of gobbling up a lot of Pena's offense. But, yeah, you know, they, they, they work good here. Um, nice back elbow by Pena. He gets a DDT. But then uh, Regal comes back with the butterfly suplex and the Regal stretch. Wins it. Uh, two stars here. I mean, it's an interesting pairing for me. It's like uh-huh. two of my top 100 wrestlers of all time, probably, because Viano Four is a great wrestler. Uh, so him having a match with Regal, 
I'd like to see him like a 18 minute map based match, but um, I'll take what I can get here. Yeah, uh, it was clunky. Uh, it just didn't connect for whatever reason. It was, and honestly, it's it's like a regal thing sometimes. Like he's just when it doesn't mesh with a guy, it's just ugly. When it works, it works with him. I feel like he's not the type that you can just throw with anyone, and and it works. Um, and that that's the case here. So yeah, I thought it was a little sloppy. Some of the strikes were good. It had some good angry fighting. It's always good to see Regal back on TV, but yeah, it just never really got going. Larry says now you know why Mexican wrestlers wear masks in there. Yeah. Um, we also learned that Starcade tickets go on sale uh, November 29th, the day after Thanksgiving. So, yeah. uh, two stars for me as well. Uh, Rick Steiner does an interview. Gene basically a, says, like, hey, I was gone for a couple months and you were too. He's like, yeah, we were in Japan wrestling, uh, but he wants to let everybody know he's WCW through and through. Uh, then he talks about kind of the guys that are defending WCW. He mentions Luger and Piper. But uh, then he has some words for Sting, where he says Sting's like up in the rafters. He doesn't kind of know where his head's at. So he's uh, a little bit questioning of the Stinger. What do you think of the uh, dog-faced gremlin? Don't feel like we'll get a lot of solo promos for him until the uh, don't like me, bite me air. That's the usual. Like You just can't really follow what he's saying half the time. He's all over the place. Um <laughs> Yeah, I just staying in the balcony. You know, I can't really follow what he's even saying. Yeah, so Gene asks about Bagel, where Rick just talks about Luger and Piper being in WCW. And Gene basically says, WCW is a mess. We need the Stiders. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, whatever. Uh, the Outsider Shield, their Outsider shirt. And then we get uh, kind of the transition to hour number two. Uh, with Eddie Guerrero versus Conan. This is the first round match in the U.S. Yep. title tournament. And this is where I thought it was a little weird. Like, they haven't figured out the logistics yet. So, this was kind of strange because you got Tony, who's going to transition to the announce booth for hour mm-hmm. two, but he's got to walk from ringside back yes. to the announce booth. So, you get this weird moment where he signs off. Tanae kind of takes over play by play for like literally a minute. Yeah. And then Tony's just there. Like and he, <laughs> he's, he's on and then he's, and it, it felt like nobody kind of knew their spot. Um, after that, I, I, I thought it was, uh, it, it definitely wasn't, they gotta, they gotta iron that out. Um, make that more seamless as the weeks go on. So this, this was a kind of rough first effort. Um, I, I mean, eventually, I think they just do away with this, like, pyro in the middle of the match. Like, I, I actually didn't remember it lasting this long. Like, we're over a year in. Well, don't they still... just change where they're sitting, too? Does an hour one just go up top? Yeah, I think that happens, too, where Larry yeah, so eventually just goes up. I mean, because it, yeah. it did. Like, it, it seems like you either need to have Tony there to start the segment or right. i mean him like hightailing it out of there halfway through the match it, it was just weird yeah. where he starts with play by play then we get tonight by play by play then we get tony it's it's all over the place yeah Matches, just let tonight handle the one match and tony comes in after the next break if yeah you, you could do that too yeah uh match itself i thought was fine nothing exceptional kind of usual conan stuff to be honest um not a whole lot I'd say his highlights, like the biggest highlight for me was Eddie did a nice dive to the outside right before hour two started uh, and then ends up getting the reversal out of a, a sit-out powerbomb attempt from Conan. So Eddie does advance. 
I mean, to me, Eddie Guerrero, this feels like an opportunity for him on yeah. the U.S. tournament. So that's good. A match itself, it was fine, like I said. So I went two in a corner. Yeah, I was at a two and a half. I liked Eddie's comeback. Um, the top rope superplex looked look good, as always. Um, again, though, just like Luger looks stupid, Conan looks stupid. He's picking up a guy in a tournament match, like for a title. Like, it is, it's just, like there's no thought process to some of this stuff sometimes mm-hmm. in WCW, where it feels like, like half of me wants to believe that they didn't even know it was a friggin' tournament match, Eddie and, and Conan. You know what I mean, like it just possible. Like they're wrestling it like it doesn't matter. Like why are you lifting them up? Like it just it was it was kind of stupid. Um right. so and, and and you're not even protecting them. Like that's what you're trying to do with that move. It, it's it's doing the opposite. It's making them look dumb. Uh, I thought the chemistry was fine. And Tony's talking point of Eddie not being hundred percent since Halloween Havoc uh and the arrival with Paige was pretty good because it kind of shows off here. So again, I, I thought the match was fine. Um I just uh, again, I just I don't get Conan's logic in the match. <laughs> yeah, well, Conan and logic's not usually a yeah, yeah. true, yeah. potent combination. Well, it's like in his head, he's thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna protect myself a bit. Oh, I picked him up. I get the visual pin, but in the end, it just really made him look dumb. Yeah, I mean, up the guy in a title match, basically dumb. Yeah, idiot. Uh, clips from the tag match from mm-hmm. uh, World War Three. Then we get Big Bubba versus Rick Steiner. Rick, on his way to the ring, says, What's happening to you, Sting? <laughs> What's going on, Sting? Yeah, he's, uh, he gets the early advantage, clubs down Bubba, hits a uh, overhead suplex. Tony lets us know we're going to see footage of the Baltimore house show on WCW <laughs> Saturday night. You know, we this is one of the first episodes in a while. We don't get the WCW Saturday night rundown. I, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened, but... I, I can't remember. I kept waiting on the robot arm to come up and never happened. So this is the only mention that we get this footage. That's the only thing they show it. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Doors opening. Uh, so a nice overhead suplex by Rick. And then we see Sting emerge from the top mm-hmm. of the arena. He makes his way down. While this happens, very conveniently, Jimmy Hart's on the apron distracting the referee for some God knows reason. I mean, I don't know. He didn't know that Sting was going to do what he was about to do. So that looked a little dumb. But uh, anyway, Sting gets into the ring. He gives Rick Steiner the Scorpion Death Drop. Uh, And then that allows Bubba to kind of do a very quick splash and uh, get the win. So um, Bubba pins Rick Steiner. Big win for Bubba. With a with a big assist from Sting, yeah. Bobby on commentary says, "I guess we know now." So of course, Bobby's all in on Sting being an NWO member. I, I don't know, like he helped a Dungeon of Doom member in this match. So I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. They're out. they're always so quick to, to push that. Like, oh, this look, was it's a, this is like the ninth time it's been obvious this thing is NWO. Yeah, this is bad Bobby night. I I thought Bobby'd been pretty good. I I thought he. Uh, and I don't know if it was just transitioning to Tony or what, but he he was really bad. Like, we'll get to it in the last segment, but, you know, like him bailing, like, it just felt very grating. Like, as soon as like, yeah. see ya, it's like, all right, Bobby, like, settle right, down. Like, yeah, it's that within seconds. Yeah. Um, so th- this, I thought, and again, this is where I don't know if Bischoff in the booth kind of reigns that in just a little bit. Um, he might have been drinking. <laughs> that's true, too. Uh, I want I want to start here. Like this is, uh, I mean, this is basically. It's I want to start in three quarters. There's some fun power stuff. Um, 
it's before the finish. So it was good to see Steiner back. I'm, Scott, you know, I'm sure we'll see him soon as well. But I mean, it was it was one of those things you don't really realize they're gone. They've been gone until you they're back. Yeah, you know, it's like oh yeah, that's right. Would have been nice to have them around. Yep. When's the last time we saw them? Was it like the fire and ice at the bash? Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, I don't know. I I can look that up at some point, but it's been a couple months, I believe. Uh, Road report: Lee Marshall. He's from Dayton, Ohio. First, he gives us an update on how he's doing after he got beat up <laughs> last night with Larry losing his mind. Uh, it says he's doing much better now. Talks about Ohio State going to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a crazy game. So that's um that's the Ohio State versus Arizona State. We talked about that some. Jake Plummer. Yeah, Jake the Snake Plummer. Like Arizona State was. It's like either nine or nineteen. They were nine or nineteen seconds away from being national champions. Like it's just wild to think. Like if you're a fan of that program, because they've gotten nowhere right. near that since, no. you know. Yeah. So it's like you were because they do a late. They score with like a uh, two minutes left, and then Ohio State comes down and scores a touchdown with like nineteen seconds left in a rainy Rose Bowl, same as what we had in this year's game, a rainy Rose Bowl, which is rare. Um, it's just crazy to think about. Like that, Arizona State could have been a national champion. Uh, we're recording, I was six say we're recording this before yeah. TCU and Georgia. Arizona State winning would be about the equivalent of if TCU does beat right. Georgia. Well, I mean, they're not. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, do you I'm have anything on the? This, uh, I'm going to retweet this right to freezing cold takes. As soon yeah, as here we go. Uh, did you? Uh, have any insight on the road report? No, I was fine. Pin the tail on the weasel. Bobby says Lee always ends up face down, which I thought was funny. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Ray Mysterio versus Psychosis. I was really excited for this. Uh, and then it goes two minutes. Yeah. So they talk about Ray's elimination. Ultimo's watching from the entranceway, uh, the Ray elimination from the Giant at World War III. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool that they at least mentioned that. Yes. Uh, so, so, I mean, this is this is like them doing their like eight coolest moves in quick mm-hmm. succession and then getting out of there. So Psychosis does his like launch Ray over the top ropes, hits a huge guillotine leg drop, does some punches to the ribs. And then we get the Bash of the Beach finish where he goes for the Splash Mountain, but uh, Ray turns it into a run and gets the win. Criminally short. Like, oh. I don't know what we could have edited out of here. Probably the next match could have went, and we right. could have just had this one uh, be longer. Something. Um, I mean, Regal Pena could have gone. Disco yeah. DDP could have gone. He could have just done a DDP promo. Hey, yeah, probably should have just done a DDP promo. I would have done something because this yeah. – and this is where I get to where I think like they're kind of punting our number two. Yeah. Because I, I don't think we would have had this been like just two or three minutes if it had been up against. Uh, I mean, are we just Raw. getting away from longer matches? Like, is that well, the case? I mean, on Nitro? I don't know. Because like going... Arn versus Luger was long. I mean, I, yeah. I, I do think it's a misnomer as we talked about that like Nitro had 15 minute cruiserweight matches every week. But. We have seen like matches that have been good in the like five to eight minute range. They're at least somewhat competitive. I mean, this was this was two minutes, right? It's like why even bother? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. I don't know. I hated it. I mean, I hated the way it was positioned. Right. 
Uh, then we get a Benoit promo. I thought I thought this was really good, actually. Mm. Uh, so he has a black eye still from the beating. He tells Sullivan to take a good look. He didn't get rid of problems. He only made them worse. Uh, his best was not enough. And the whole Dungeon of Doom couldn't get rid of one man. Looking through my eyes and soul, and what do you see? Your former self. There's two ways out of this. Yeah. (laughs) There's two ways out of this. The man's way and the coward's way. Uh, Then woman gets on the microphone and says she told Kevin if she kicked him one more time, it was over. And that is over uh, because he did that. So, um. I mean, it is what it is. You got to have the disclaimer because we're getting a lot of like real life stuff yeah, yeah, that ends yeah. up happening. Um, but if June 2007 doesn't happen, like, I don't know. It's, it's, this is a weird angle though. Like, I don't, right. Cause I'm trying to think like, like, I'm thinking like now with the wrestling business, like, you know, you hear like how the elite and punk like will not work with each right. other. You know what I mean? It's like this is literally somebody that got divorced to go with somebody else. Yeah, and then you know also have the real yeah, life stuff. It, so it I think lasts so from, long. I feel like it lasts so much longer than people realize. Like, oh yeah, you always just think We're of the not even of the close to being match. Yeah, it's like I mean, this when, when their last match is like in next summer, right? Especially at the beach ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. So it goes for a while. Yeah, it's a 13-month feud. Um, I don't know. I mean, on the surface, it's good. It's just weird. Like, there's so much, like, real-life stuff that's bleeding through. Um, the intensity's there, but, I mean, how could it not be? Because it's right. legitimate, a lot of it. So, <coughs> I, 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 It's one of those I where promo I think... Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just think from, like, the actual personal... It's from the person standpoint, like right. It's tough to separate the performance from the mindset of the performer and the psyche. Right. Um, I don't know. I guess they agreed to do it, but it's weird. Yeah, and the promo itself was good. Again, to your point, if two thousand seven doesn't happen, some of the stuff maybe look back on more fondly. Because, like, the delivery's good. It's insider. It's kind of unique. They weren't hammering it home, but they also weren't being, like, super obvious about it, right? right. I could see being a little lost on it, probably, if you're a real casual fan just kind of watching yep. this. You're probably like, I don't know what's going on. Because um, the, the thing is that they never established as a woman being with Sullivan. Like, that was never established um, as an angle, right? So I think that's that's the big, if you're really just not in the know, you're going to be a little bit lost. It's not like she managed yeah. the Dungeon of Doom before this, and you could chalk it up and say, okay, well, he means you stole my manager, right? Or my woman. Like, they never really said they were together because she wasn't with him in the past, right? She was with, like, the horseman or whatever, right? Yeah. She around before. Yep. And then this, it felt like a very ECW angle. Like, this is how a lot mm-hmm. of ECW angles go, where they don't really explain things to you. They just assume you're kind of insider and know, and that's fine for that audience. It's very different. WCW's audience, it feels a little bit too wink, wink. So <clears throat> for someone like us that kind of gets it, it's like, okay, fine, you know, but, and then you layer in what happened in 2007. It's like, okay, right. a lot of this is uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, um, 
I think her saying like it's over is probably better than what we've seen because that's that's you know pretty decisive terminology. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a, it's definitely insider terms or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so I just looked it up while we were talking. Yeah, we hadn't seen the Steiner brothers since the September second. Mm, that's um, actually more recent than I would have thought. I, I thought it'd been more like July, but yeah. So I mean, it's still been almost three months. Although I guess they were hog wild, right? Then they fight the no, yeah. they didn't fight the outsiders. Well, they they were uh, they fought at the uh, oh, Harlem Heat. Right that's right. That. Yep. Yeah, and that was the. The match with Harlem Heat with the Bakers, yep. right? Wasn't that yeah, yeah, fiasco? So. <laughs> yes. Uh, then we get another kind of blast from the past. Alex Wright. Mm. I'm looking him up as we speak. The last time we saw him, it felt like he'd been a while. Well, was on... he at World War Three? He was in the Battle Royal at World War Three, uh, and he also was on the 9:30 Nitro. Okay. So it's been a couple so, months for him. Yeah, but uh, he's he's back. And facing Jeff Jarrett, mm-hmm. uh, another kind of weird little match on paper, but uh, you know, I, th- I thought that uh, you know, I, this is another quick match. A lot of quick matches tonight. Yeah. Uh, so back and forth, like the action, I felt on most of these matches was there. Like the energy was there. It was just too quick for anything to have much emphasis. Uh, but a right gets some head scissors. He gets caught. Um, Bobby against hampering on Sting being a member of the NWO. Uh, the announcers, I thought, were really off the reservation for most of this match. They were arguing about Sting instead of paying any attention to the match. Uh, he does, Wright does a backsplash for a two count, misses a charge in the corner, and then Jarrett gets the figure four and wins it with that. So I went to start in three quarters. Um, another very quick match. I thought the uh, announcers were too distracted, and overall that hurt it. And Jarrett. I don't know, like, after Jarrett got the endorsement from Flair and now with Flair being out, Mm -hmm. um, he is involved with the Sting stuff, but it feels like... Even that's kind of confusing, like, what's Sting's issue? Like, we're not really understanding that either. Yeah, it feels like he's a little, um, I guess, more rudderless than he's been since he came in. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Yeah. a lot of talk about Sting and all that still going on. Bobby's confidence in NWO. I thought Wright hit a nice Vader bomb. <laughs> I like that spot. Um, and again, this is another one that could just use more time. That's just the theme through this whole episode. Uh, you know, I, I like Wright a lot. He looked good as usual here. I went two and a half. Like, I, I thought it was fine. Um, the uppercuts were good by Wright. It's a guy that I'd like to see more of. So I'm hoping he sticks on more, consult, uh, more consistently. I think we're starting to see... You know, like we talked about when when Nitro first went to two hours earlier in the year, they were struggling sometimes to fill out the card, right? It was like a lot of dug in and yeah. some of the tag teams we didn't care about. And it feels like we're bloating now a little bit the other way where we almost don't have enough time to get these guys on and, and showcase them. Because no one on the show besides Disco and Tony Pena are guys that like you would say, okay, you know, they probably don't belong on Nitro right now, but... Otherwise, like everyone else has been a star that's been on. So you're starting to feel like, and, and I think the other piece of it is the NWO segments are getting bigger and yep. taking up more time. Whereas earlier in the year, like July, you may see them twice a night, right? And then you got to fill time with the guys that now that the roster is expanding, the NWO segments are expanding. Are we kind of running out of space for some of these dudes? 
Well, we didn't mention it too. I mean, we mentioned it in the beginning of the show, but also like before this, they did show the whole Piper right. contract yeah. signing. Right. So that's something too. I mean, that's that's legitimately fifteen minutes of yeah, yeah, time right. on the, the whole show. Thing. Yeah. So whole you could have added seven minutes to Ray versus Mysterio and this match, and now right. you've got two long matches. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you could argue it's like the better move, probably, because it's such a important oh, segment yeah. that they have to they I'm want sure. to sell Starcade with it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm sure the quarter hours are great mm. actually on that. Um so I mean if you're saying you know you're gonna lop five minutes of Jeff Jarrett and Alex Wright or show a pay-per-view segment with Piper and Hogan that crushed yep. it. Like oh yeah you're gonna no, do the no other contest. Sure. Yeah it's interesting. I mean we have Eddie back we have Regal back. It, it feels like a lot of these guys that are in Japan or Mexico now are back in Benoit. Yeah. Like Benoit was in Japan, so 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 everybody's kind of on board now. So it's just fitting them in. Uh, our main event <laughs> for the night: uh, Harlem Heat versus the Faces of Fear. Um, yeah, I mean this was a solid match. Kind of a playoff the, the night before. Up yeah, of the, th- the three way. Yeah, yeah. So nice big boot from Stevie Barbarian comes in, gets one too. Uh, Booker T hit the Harlem sidekick. Real good uh, pop from that. Faces of Fear take over for a little bit with a double headbutt. Uh, then the match kind of breaks down. You have two on the floor, two in the ring, and the NWO runs out. Bagwell already in his NWO shirt. He's ready to go. He's firing away. Uh, so they basically just beat up all four guys, uh, both the Faces of Fear and Harlem yep. Heat. And then uh, the show ends essentially with giant choke slamming Booker. And then he chokeslammed Ming. So Giants on top in mm-hmm. the show, continuing to show he's he's very dominant uh, yes. within this faction. Well, it's a good way to follow up too. The night, but I mean, his big win, right? So it's like, yeah, you had him on and doing something. So this is as yeah. good a thing as any. We also see Bagwell in the new NWO shirt, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, yep, well, that was a nice addition that he's out there right away as part of the attack. So I went two and three quarter. Um, I thought it was a pretty fun Haas brawl while it lasted. We need a little excitement to pick up the back end of the show. So the NWO coming out, I think, was was fine here. Um, face the fear, have some fun offense. The crowd is into it. So tag division's been good. Like we talked about it consistently throughout 96. Yep. So a couple down spots here and there, but for the most part, the matches deliver usually. Yeah, and compared to WWF, it's a no-brainer. I went yeah. two and a quarter. But, I mean, this, this was a fine way to end the show. Yeah. It just, they weren't, this, again, wasn't one of these shows where they weren't to peak at the very end right like it was in the segment really segment two with bagwell joining i'd say yep all right let's do our awards um match of the night i ended up going with that main event i liked harlem heat face the fear the most yeah i'm uh luger versus Arn. uh for the moment i went with the bischoff nwo kind of promo in the beginning yeah bagwell's turn for me And I gave Bischoff the MVP. Um, they did a good job explaining the angle. It was all clear. It was concise. It made sense. I thought he was the best, uh, at least the most. I mean, I guess Giant was up there too. But to me, like no one else really had like a big shining night. Yeah, I don't think this is a very decisive night for an MVP. I ended up going with Giant just for yeah. the emphasis, but he was fine. He wasn't amazing. Larry saying, uh, now you know why they all wear masks. Uh, was funny, but pain. I don't know if you caught any yeah. of the lines, but no, like I, like I said, though, I thought it was a very off night for Bobby. Yeah, um, tonight didn't input too much either. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird night. I, it was a very transitional night 
they're kind of trying to get their bearings. Um, I mean, Tony and Bobby, they've been around a lot, but usually with Dusty in the mix. So we'll we'll see how well that that, uh, trio gels because it wasn't a great outing tonight. Uh, Shots fired. I went just Tony hyping WCW as number one. He kind of said it in a way that was clearly um, positioned against their opposition. So Mm -hmm. Uh, debuts, I think I just had Pena. Anyone else? Yeah, I think only Tony Pena. All right, Road Report, Dayton. Uh, I don't think we have any dropped angles. No Japanese music usage. So just a final grade. Uh, definitely a subpar <coughs> episode of Nitro. I had it down pretty dramatically from the go home to World War Three. Yeah. And the one before that was I was high on as well. So it's, it's definitely a dip here uh, as of late. I have it t- equal to the – maybe it's a – you know, it's funny. It's Maybe it's a – night after a pay-per-view issue with them that they not haven't figured out is Halloween Havoc. Then I have to Halloween Havoc in this show and with the same grade. That's a five and a half out of 10, um, which feels slightly above average. It's still an entertaining episode. It's not bad in any way, but below their standard. And I wouldn't have to just struggle coming off the pay-per-view for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, I went five and a half as well. I think it's just more kind of, I mean, I mean, I think there is some of that where now we're four weeks from Starcade. So, right. And they have a lot of it set. Like you have Piper Hogan signed, yeah. Uh, that's your main event, and neither one was on this show, so it's, right. it's kind of like all they'll right, probably. So I'm guessing they're gonna the save them. I'll probably yeah. save them. Go hyperdrive into the show, but yeah. So um, I think it's very now. I think they're better at building the cards, and then it's like they're really good at going like this. So I think the start maybe is a little shaky, and then they kind of find their footing and they go hard into the go home. Maybe. I, I I think there was some transitional stuff that affected this too. Yeah. Um I, I mean like to me, like if you like the opener match like I did and you like the second segment, it really felt like it fell off because right. I was pretty pumped for the show knowing that like Ray versus Psychosis and all that was coming up and then the matches in the second hour were just so quick. Right. It 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 really felt like to me more I'd I'd felt like the shows have been uh, phased better. This this felt like a rehash to what we talked about a couple months ago where the first hour was very sleepy. I I think you had more named talent on -hmm. this second hour than what we had on some of the first hours a few months ago but um, it's still just like the positioning and the pacing wasn't there. All right, I said over Monday Night Raw then. We are still in the New Haven Coliseum in New Haven, Connecticut. Night uh, Recorded the night after Survivor Series, of course, now we're a week after. And we cold open because we have the return of Brett the Hitman Hart. His first match on Raw since March. Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Jerry the King Lawler are in the booth. Owen Hart is out with Clarence Mason. He's going to slam. He's got his tag title. Ross, of course, reminds us that Owen has beaten his brother before. That was in WrestleMania 10. We get a split screen. We see Shawn Michaels and Jose Lothario in the Lothario family are all in San Antonio. We're going to hear from them later. Jim Ross is really hyping the Austin-Brett match from Survivor Series, whereas King is very anti-Hitman and pro-Owen. Um, a lot of arm work here. You know, Vince really goes in on how Sid went low to win the title. We'll see if that'll continue out of his reign. So Vince continuing to hype up that Sid, you know, use some underhanded tactics to uh, win the world title. A lot of counters back and forth. 
a lot of arguing from King and JR throughout this whole match. Um, JR talks that Brett talks about Brett leading a tour of London and Birmingham, as well as the United uh, Arab Emirates in Dubai over the rest of the week and this weekend. So they're really helping up the international tour with Brett on top, which always usually, you know, was a good business move for them when Brett's obviously very big overseas. Uh, King, King says he owes Brett loses tonight and it in your house and just retires. Uh, we get an insecurity into break. We come back, Brett starting to make a comeback. Uh, they talk about the shocking support from uh, Sid gut and MSG. Uh, Vince doesn't call a move. So JR takes the crap on him, not calling it and uh, says he'll be asking, or he hopes that Vince asks the hard questions to Sean later. Cause JR will be out after this match. He doesn't stick around. Um, JR talks about Austin raising hell on superstars yesterday. Uh, and right on cue, he comes in, he darts into the ring as Brett's locking the sharpshooter, just smacks him with a really stiff chair shot. They load up a chair on Brett's ankle. They're going to pilmanize him. In comes the British Bulldog to make the save. He says, it's enough. Oh, and a Bulldog then argue as Austin resets the chair, but Bulldog again makes a save. So Austin just mashes Bulldog with the chair. Now, Owen's pissed at Austin because he took out his tag partner. Austin just stares at him and walks away. So... I thought it was a pretty good opener. Uh, it was an abridged version of the usual stuff, right? Just kind of made it for TV. Uh, a lot of Brett working off the rust as well in here. I, I like the post-match a lot. It adds some gray because it's kind of like, all right, A, Austin's not done with Brett. He's a freaking madman. B, what's Bulldog now doing? Like, is he starting to feel bad? Is he against Austin? Is he feeling bad for Brett? Um, you know, his, his bitch all along has been, I just care about the tag titles. I don't want to be involved in this other crap, right? And that's kind of where we're headed with it. But does that mean he's going to end up, are we going to get a split between Bulldog and Owen? Like, where's that headed? You know, how's Brett going to take it? Are we going to get Brett Austin again soon? So there's a lot of open questions coming out of the match. I went three stars on the match itself. Mm-hmm. In most worlds, it's probably a disappointment for Brett and Owen Hart. In this world, 96 Raw, it's it's a good, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a treat for us to get that match. So it's fine. Um, again, it was just kind of a cliff nose version of the usual stuff. Yeah, no, I went three and a quarter. I mean, that's a low end three and a quarter but yeah. um i actually thought it delivered i was i was fearful yeah <laughs> for well another. owen i mean he's yeah we yeah hasn't delivered a lot in 96 for us i i thought this actually may be owen's best performance of the year in ring i i uh i mean he's kind of at his best when he's versus bread anyway but he really plays it off here and i think it's because he's able to be a little more serious yeah, and he's not doing his strict like comedic stuff. Uh, I mean, he, he's good at that. Like we talked about it. Like he's he's funny, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't resonate in ring that well for his position on the card. Um, and here it was good. Like it, it started out with some good mat wrestling, and I thought they did a good contrast in showing that Brett was kind of the more technician, like was utilizing the hammerlock, and then. Owen was going to be more strike heavy and was going to take more risks, kind of yeah. gain the advantage. So they, they did a good kind of strategy. Ross called that out well on commentary. Uh, the slap fest when the tempers flare up was really good. I liked Owen's uppercuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also him kind of working on the back of bread is not something you see a whole lot. Um where Brett takes the, uh, you know, the, uh, what do I want to say, the the turnbuckle on his back. He doesn't take right. it sternum first like he usually does. Uh, and then just the camel clutch where he's trash-talking Brett again, like that's a good, like, heel tactic that wasn't comedic. Like that mm-hmm. was 
that was serious. Uh, and then you get this finish, and this is really the whole thing to me of this Raw, where throughout this Raw, so many people were shades of gray characters. Yes. Like, it's crazy. We'll talk about, like, how much it's 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 kind of ambiguous. Um, it's, it's a very interesting contrast to me, but I like the way it was done where Bulldog comes out, he kind of says, you know, enough's enough. Right. Owen just being a jerk is like, no, like, let him do it. Let him do it. Yeah. Uh, and then Austin hits Bulldog with the chair. And now Owen does have a problem. It's like, all right, right like yeah. you hit my partner. So there's a lot going on. Like, it feels mm-hmm. like from this segment, um, there's just a lot open-ended. Right. It, this segment almost made me wonder if they knew what they were going to do. Like four months from now? No, I don't think so. I, I, I think the plan at, at this point is to march to a bulldog face turn and a split mm-hmm. with Owen, um, and, and you know feud with, with Austin. I think that was their plan. Like I, I think, I think their plan at this point is probably Brett Sean at Mania rematch and bulldog yeah. versus bulldog versus Austin. I, th- I think that's the plan. Right. Um. Which that's been rumored, right? Yeah. Like that that was where they. And you could see it. You could see it coming. The way they with Bulldog over the next couple of months, it doesn't it's end good. anytime soon. This back and forth between him and Owen, like you could see they're ramping toward it, and then we'll see. I think the dramatic shift when that all comes switched, like in February ish or whatever, um, with the title stuff, and then where Brett, where they decide to make a Brett Brett heel, is when he requests to reunite the family. Right, that was his, yeah. his creative request. I almost wonder. If similar to like the night after Survivor Series was when uh, Owen Inseguri Sean, mm-hmm. and then they have their match at the February pay per view, almost wonder if they thought they may do Austin versus Brett at the February pay per view, right? And then you could have Bulldog get involved in that finish, right? And then that would set up Bulldog versus you know that would help that as well. Yeah, it definitely um, looks like they're marching toward a bulldog face push over the next yeah, like, three months. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of cool. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's almost like they kind of look in to some yeah. foreshadowing mm-hmm. with everything that happens here. Um, but uh, I, I thought I thought it was a good match. I mean, again, like it's not their best, but yeah, I, I thought it was very solid. It's better than we usually get to open raw, especially a taped yes. raw. Yes. Um, for sure. Are you surprised Jim Ross is still kind of doing the annoying tweener shit? Um, yeah, so I thought he was actually a little more um, antagonistic mm-hmm. in this Yeah, it seems like it's ramped had, back up. Yeah. Uh, where I, at what you mentioned, I can't remember what it was, but uh, Ross does say, like, that was a backbreaker or something, by yeah. the way, or something like that. It was like, uh, he's being a jerk. I'm curious when that ends. Uh, I thought it was here, but maybe it's not until the Rumble. Like I, I don't know. I, I mean, I tell you what, you've had no mention of Diesel or Razor for a while now. Sure. Well, um, we're about to soon. <laughs> they're gonna be on the, on the I know. Here. I can't believe they're coming back because yeah. it feels like they really put them right. out to pasture. Well, I wonder um, if they did it on purpose to like hard reset them a bit. I don't know, like just kind of. Get the stink of the thing and just have them come back and as guys and like not be as hardcore with the this is really them thing. So maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. All right, sounds like a bad idea to me. 
Right back to the ring is the executioners in action, uh, taking on Freddie Joe Floyd. He's using the old, uh, I did not wear this on purpose, but he does have the old Papa Shango music as he's coming out um, here. We get an inset from Bearer and his boys ranting. Vince says, in your house match between Undertaker and Execution will be Armageddon rules. We don't find out what that is, but it'll be Armageddon rules. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Joe actually gets a couple of takedowns. He gets swarmed, clotheslined over the top. Uh, he comes in, hits a bulldog. Execution hits a bulldog. He pulls off Freddie Joe during the cover. It's an epidemic tonight across the shows. Uh, we hear Doc from the backs. His own and bulldog ran off arguing, and Austin ignored him, blew him off, and left the arena. Uh, but as we know with Austin, he could always be back. I like that little tease because, hey, he left, but we've seen it before. Where he's left and then showed back up, so don't leave. Stay yeah. tuned. Uh, Executioner runs through some more offense. A couple of hard clotheslines at the corner and finishes with the Asiatic spike. Uh, King does then go on to say Armageddon match means you can't you go until you can't continue. It's unlimited pinfalls and no disqualification. So it sounds like an old kind of last man standing match like makes the step match false yeah. guy anywhere type match yeah something like yeah. that where you can pin them but if the guy can not be dead he can get up right. we'll see how that works with these two guys but um actually the execution was a more animated and energetic than you would have thought uh he's moving around okay here he looks he looks all right freddie joe bumped around um and this set up execution are fine for the pay-per-view i want a star and a half uh, it wasn't execution has not been as bad as as a legend would have you believe at this point. Like I, I think he's actually been okay. Yeah, I, no. I think it's more just knowing like it's Terry right. Gordy. This should just like, had to be Terry Gordy. Like, like I think it would have been okay. He'd call him the executioner Terry Gordy and still have him do the thing and just take the mask off him. Like maybe he wears it that first night and then takes it off. And at least maybe then it's a little something. But I mean, Gordy smothers on Raw is like pretty fucking crazy when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like that. Yeah. I, Gordy, I think overall is interesting. Where like I, I think honestly, like overall, I have him lower than what was consensus because like Meltzer and people were over the moon for right. him. I, I mean, I don't think he's in my top one hundred. Yeah. GWE. Um, I like him. I just think he has some lower performances. But I'll say contrast with that, I do think this so far run's been better, like you <laughs> said. Okay, right? Because I think I think again, like people are thinking like I, I mean, even post stroke though, I don't know what they expected, but it's like right. you hear Terry Gordy coming in, you're like, Oh, you may get like nineteen eighty four yeah. Terry Gordy. <laughs> Definitely not. That was a decade ago. Um yeah, this, I mean, this is like a battle of Chattanooga, these two. So this this is a, an interesting, like, Southern dream match in a weird confines of the Executioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Tracy honestly got too much offense yeah. on him. But uh, just... Freddie Joe's been positioned to sneaky, feisty, though. Like, I feel like we say that a lot in his matches. Oh, you got a little more, like... It seems like he's a little cut above some of the other jobber guys, um, where he usually does get a little bit of offense in. It would be helpful. Maybe he was picking up wins on superstars. Mm. It would have been nice to see him like pick up a victory, though. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, having beat Sal Sincere or somebody, right. just to show like he's on a little bit of a roll. Or maybe, um, if, maybe not superstars, maybe even on like house shows or something. He's yeah. winning the opening matches or something. Sometimes they would do that. Like maybe. Paul Roma in 88 and 89, right? We like right. win these stupid matches over the Brooklyn Brawler and Execution yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, them calling it the Asian Spike. I was like, all right. <laughs> Asiatic, wasn't it? Uh, like they called it, it is that, but they called it the Asian. Oh, they said spike. the Asian. I thought they said Asiatic. Yeah. I was like, all right. 
just rolling with that. But uh, <laughs> interesting finish. And then, of course, there's a tie-in of Doc Hendricks on the same screen as the Executioner. And yep. completely different gimmick. Oh, yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. It's, That's it's cool. So, it's so, like... It's like, oh my god! I mean, it's, it I, that was like a cool little Easter egg, but um, overall, two stars. It was fine. All right, all right. Uh, Jose Lothario and Shawn Michaels join us from San Antonio. Vince asks Jose his health status, but first, Jose apologizes about his guilt over costing Shawn Michaels his title. So Sean, uh, Sean then kind of gives a face to him about it. Jose says he needs a balloon pass to his heart due to damage from MSG. And he'll do the right thing before getting back to Sean's corner. Vince brings up the Royal Rumble press conference. It was revealed that Sean gets a world title rematch in his hometown against whoever the champion is after in your house. Vince says Sean's dreams are shattered and wonders if he can get the pieces back together again. And we'll see the old passionate heartbreak kid. Sean says people are acting like he's over the hill. He doesn't know what people liked, but around the last eight months, he lost his edge. And there's no excuses. It wasn't Jose's fault. He will be champion again. Jose can't be replaced. King says Jose cost him the title by being on the ring. Sean says Jose has been in the game 30 years. He can stick his nose wherever he pleases. If it's up to him. And Sid stepped over the line. If Sid could beat him in the ring, he'll admit, admit Sid's a better man and shake his hand. But instead, he had a 62-year-old man with a camera. It was uncalled for. Sean wants Sid in San Antonio. He could face Brett some other time. But he wants revenge now. Vince asks if the fans at MSG threw him off. Sean says he wants their fans to enjoy themselves. He hopes to give the enjoyment, but they can get wherever they want because he just wants his belt back. He's not going to beg the fans. As long as the people important to him believe in him, that's all he needs. Vince says he's being defensive, and Sean says he's just being honest. Sean says he'll be taking even more risks, be even more flamboyant, and do whatever he wants to do. He'll be back to slapping faces, kicking teeth, and doing what he wants, when he wants, and anyone can try him. He's had enough. No more Mr. Nice Guy. He can play as dirty as anybody else. Vince asked if he'll be champion again in San Antonio, and Sean vows that he will, whether it's Bret Hart or Psycho Sid. And 71,000 people will see him kick Sid's teeth down his throat if that's the case. We then see uh, Rocky Maivia warming up split screen. We see Sonny's legs. Kind of interesting split screens cross with Sean there for various reasons, but The Rock and, of course, Sonny. Sonny yeah. um, this is pretty good. Sean does feel a little forced. It's also our third straight post-Survivor Series angry former champion reset. Pissed mm -hmm. about misuse by the company wanting to get the edge back. Like we saw with Brett after Survivor Series 94. He does the same thing. Diesel a year ago. And this felt like a direct copy of what they did with Diesel in 95. Like like to a T, they were trying to do the same thing. I don't care about the fans unless you're my fans. I'm, I'll dap you up. I don't care otherwise. Like It felt very much like the same blueprint. And it makes you wonder, like does this help drive some of the change that's coming where the shades of gray and different, like, all right, may they realize two years in a row, we completely ruined a potential money-making star by going complete milk toast, white meat, baby face. And by the end of the year, it backfired so badly they're getting booed and we have to reset them. Like they did the same thing two years in a row. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Um, I was more, I thought the promo was fine. Um, I do think this is, Again, like Sean's changed his look. Like we talked about, yeah. he was kind of being more corporate. And now this is like, oh, we're going to be bad boy, Sean. Uh, this is, again, where I was talking about with Shades of Grey, uh -huh. where, you know, he's talking about like gouging eyes and whatever. And he wants to go after Sid. Like in the promo, he says, like, eh, if it's Brett, that's fine, but I want right. it to be Sid. Yeah. So I, 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 th I thought this felt a little forced. Uh, like you said, what he said was fine. I just didn't find it too genuine. And 
I don't know. I I I, I kind of don't know what the result is. I think they wanted him to. I mean, obviously, I think they still wanted him to be like a big baby face at the end, uh-huh. but it feels more legitimate. Like comparing what he's doing to somebody like Austin, it's like, right. come on. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel real. Yeah. And they're trying to make him real. It doesn't yeah. feel that way. And then, yeah, like you say, it's like a, it's a reboot almost in a month again. Like they just okay. almost forget the edge that they build up here. So he felt like a man ready for a major change for a while. And it seemed, I think the injury stuff, whether it's the knee, the fight, all that crap just delays it. I think a heel turn for him was coming sooner than later, is my guess. Because you can only kind of do this so much. It, it clearly wasn't working. Um, he really feels like somebody that if he would have jumped to WCW, yeah. like I'm on board now. Like I think that would have been right good for him. And maybe it would have changed the trajectory of some. I mean, who knows? Like, you, been you really don't know. <laughs> well, you don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he could have went know. there, party with his buddies, and, you know, fell even harder, right? I mean, yeah. it's possible. I mean, without that, you probably don't get Montreal. I mean, there's so much variables. Yeah, but... well, if he jumps instead of Brett. I mean, if he leaves, yeah. say he puts over Brett at 13. They pay him to put yep. over Brett, and he yep. leaves and yep. goes to join his buddies in the NWO. Brett never yep. leaves. Um. Yep. Yeah, this is such a crazy. I mean, I hate to even bring it up, like Owen, like, like I mean, like none of that ever happens. Yep. I mean, none of it, right? I, I Vin, feel do we like even get Vince. Uh, do we even get Vince heel Vince. Yeah, I feel like even beyond. I mean, we had a long way to go, which I will of course talk about when Brett does leave. But I almost feel like that's a bigger like what if pivot point is uh-huh. like Sean leaves because it it feels like it's. It's it's ready for him to do it. Like yeah. as of right now in WWF, it feels like he just doesn't have like a seat at the table. Like what right. does he bring that nobody else can? Like yeah. if they want, and his buddies match, are all there. He's like a perfect fit for the NWF. He's like yeah. a perfect fit for the NWF. Yeah. I mean, he's even somebody that like if you talk about like in the in the course of the NWO angle, like. He's somebody that could have pushed Hogan out or, mm-hmm. you know, if you wanted to do that, like now turn right. Hogan face again, yeah. or, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of avenues they could have went mm-hmm. with him in WCW. Yeah. That's one that's not really explored enough at all. I mean, DX kind of saves him because you, yeah. like, you know, that he signs that big money deal in July and they start DX right after it. So that pretty much bails. Because now till DX, I mean, he, he has a lot of this where it just right. feels like, I mean, we'll get to the Royal Rumble match and win. Right. But I recall that being pretty soulless too. And I mean, it, I mean, he, you can tell like it's real life too. Like, I mean, regardless of what the true reasons of him losing his smile was or whatever, like he's not, Yeah, he's just not in it. Like right now, for right. sure. All right. Uh, we see Sonny strutting out to the ring. She dances with Vince that hops in the booth, snuggles up on him, and he puts his <laughs> hands up and smiles as we go to break. He wants no part <laughs> part of it. Oh, no. Well, he does that little dance, yeah. which is the worst. Like the... He does the, he kind of does a little Trump. It's the, then... it's the like take back, like shimmy. Um, right. I mean, yeah. Sonny's in this blue dress, like, you know. We try to keep the uh, horn dog boink meter down, but I mean, Sonny's looking really good uh, yeah. tonight. Well, it's so. not long. It's it's you know around this time or a little before this when she did the Raw magazine spread, which is just like insane. Um, yeah, yeah, she's just in 
full peak mode. Vince putting his hands up like I'm not touching her. It's even more poignant of this year's. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, we get our karate fighters tournament. Todd Pentgill and the King set up our semifinal. This is still going. So we'll see what lasts longer. This is the U.S. title tournament on Nitro. Uh, we get brackets we, for this. At least. That's true. We do. It's a little bit better presented. <laughs> better presented. We get promos from Sonny and Sable. We head into the action with Car of Albert. Sonny quickly oh, wins God. the battle, but we see she had put gum on the figure's foot. So he'd stay set. So Sable gets the disqualification win. We get some gum puns from Todd and King. Oh, and we find out bad. that Sable has moved to the finals. And next week, Sid takes on Mr. Perfect. That's right. <laughs> I guess he's still here. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. But Had to, had to uh, continue his obligations to the Karate Fighters tournament. That's but, it. Uh, the, the, the gum puns were really bad. Like yeah. uh, she blew it, chewing on that one for a while. It was it was rough. All right, back to the ring we go. As Rocky Maivia makes his Monday Night Raw in ring debut, taking on Salvatore Sincere. Sal is in the ring praising his love to the fans. Uh, Sonny's all horny over Rocky. Mm-hmm. Captain Lou is here. He's talking about Don Morocco. Uh, or I'm sorry, we get comments from Captain Lou and Don Morocco about Rocky from the Hall of Fame. Uh, King, King says Morocco is as convincing as OJ Simpson was on the stand, which is funny. Uh, Sal gives Rocky a kiss on the cheek, and Sonny's jealous about that. We hear from Doc again. He says Brett is disoriented, and he's focused on getting revenge on Austin. Uh, the match itself is fine. Vince re- uncovers that Sonny's trying to manage Rocky. Uh, King's being creepy, as always. Uh, Sal is okay here. It's a, a decent baseball side dropkick. He's all smirks. Rocky starts to make his comeback, but Sal... Uh, Sal keeps control with a neck snap over the rope. King is jealous about Sonny being horny, and she basically tells him, if you got in shape like Rocky, I'd be into you too, and then apologizes for basically calling him fat when he gets all sad about it. Uh, Nice little side suplex from Sal, who's, again, looked okay here. Sonny very poignantly says, you could build an entire organization around Rocky Maivia, um, which is a great point. And just, you know, we talked about Sonny's role, I still don't get why they didn't just keep her in the boot. Like, I think she's really good at it. She nails a lot of these points. She's just on, on point with it. Like, I think she would have been really good in this role. She makes a lot of good comments with some insight. Uh, Rocky dodges a charge and hits a slam and she'll shoulder breaker. Uh, you know, I thought it was a good match. I thought Sal looked pretty good in his offense. He's, you know, felt credible. He's varied. He can bump a bit. It's a quality win for Rocky. He's getting a lot of hype. I think Sunny being interested in him, she's been presented as a manager of champions. Like, I think it works to have her kind of out there, both horny for him and his looks, but also as a manager, seeing talent in him, I thought was a good presentation too. So I went two and a half. I, I was just fine. TV match. Um, and again, I, I think Sonny's role could be here in the booth. Like, I, th- I think her with like Vince and like King and, or JR would be like a fine team. I think your uh, Italian heritage is letting you get a little carried away uh, here with Salvatore. Uh, I want a star in three quarters. I didn't, I didn't see much from old Sal that I thought was uh, too engaging. The baseball slide was good, but not much else. Sonny in the booth is good, uh, like you said. But I, I, on one hand, I mean, I liked what she said. She had good points, but I kind of also didn't know where this was leading. Yeah, uh, I think this is another like shades of gray situation, but like you position. He positioned Rocky as like this all American 
babyface so far, and then now you have Sonny talk about how hot he is, and yeah, and the gym. I mean, like Vince is like, oh well, I'm <laughs> you, Sonny. It's like well, no shit, Vince. Like she's been talking about him and oogling over him for ten minutes. Uh, I did think like Don Morocco putting over Rocky was fun, funny in retrospect. Like the Rock putting over the Rock. Yeah. Um, there's like a lot of unintentional stuff on this show. Um, Doc's back with another Hitman update. King has some uh, racist commentary. He calls Rocky Pineapple Head at one point. So uh, uh, bad, bad King on that. Also has a really lame joke where Sonny talks about like the gene pool of Rocky. Is like, oh, well, he has great genes from his dad and his grandfather. And King says, hey, if you're into jeans, I have some Levi's over there. It's like, creepy. I mean, what a, what a so weird joke. Um, yeah, I mean, Rocky Rocky looked fine, I thought. Uh, I, I did think, again, Salvatore got too much offense in on, on him, though. Um, it was too competitive for me. Rocky's shoulder breaker is his finisher. Also not too too keen on that. No, he needs a better uh, finish. Yeah, could yeah. get a could get a different finisher pretty quick. So starting. I didn't quick. mind the offense. It felt like just a vet kind of taking a rookie too lightly, and the rookie's trying to prove himself, and he still gets the win. Like Rocky's not a guy that's going to come in there and dominate. You know, like like to me when you see like a Vader and these guys, you want to see them crush dudes. But to me, Rocky's like just working his way up the ladder. Like you know, this isn't the worst spot for him when he's not getting the hyper push. He's just kind of moving his way up the card. So that it didn't bother me too much. Undefeated. Fangul. He's only had three matches. How dare you? Uh, Survivor. Vince talks to Mark Merrow and Sable backstage. Merrow admits it'll be tough to focus on his match with Hunter S. Helmsley at ringside. He promises he'll punch him in his big nose. Doc is then backstage. He says British Bulldog and Owen Hart have calmed down. They've refocused. They have to defend their titles on December 15th. Doc says Austin has created upheaval in the Hart family as well as with the guns on Superstars got involved in uh, an issue with the billion bart so any thoughts on these two couple segments here before the main event no i mean i thought it was a decent update just to show that like owen and bulldogs calm down bulldog still wants a piece of austin again what we talk about like they were setting up a big match between those two at some point yeah all right billy's got a new look uh he's got a big black yeah. hat on he's got a jacket vest he's got a whole plan yeah 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 uh so he's he's mixing it up a little bit uh, Mero, he's already in the fucking ring. It, like, this is how far we've fallen with him. It's like a jobber. That <laughs> didn't even get an entrance at this point. Uh, he's arguing with Hunter. Billy hits him from behind. Uh, Hunter's, you know, barking at Mero, trying to distract him best he can. Keeps issuing warnings. Uh, Mero hits a Mero salt for close two, and Hunter critiques his strategy. It's gone and gets a rocker dropper. Uh, Ben says Hunter brought Sable in. She dumped him because uh, he just says he felt sorry for her. Uh, Hunter calls Mero a piece of garbage. Vince brings up Mr. Perfect. It says Hunter used him, used Sable. And Hunter says, we are in this world to use everyone we can and get rid of them. Which, again, <laughs> like the sunny line earlier with The Rock. Uh, that was a pretty interesting comment from Hunter, uh, given his future in the wrestling business. Uh, we get a side headlock. As Vince says, uh, Billy will be on Livewire this week. Uh, just some more back and forth. Vince says Hunter gave Sable a 63 Toyota as a gift. Uh Vince hypes it's time as Mero will be facing Hunter for the IC title. Bret Hart takes on Sid. Uh, again, we get more in your house plugging. Mero gets the top of Rana for two. Hunter wants to help Sable, so he gets up to go talk to her. Sable ignores him. Mero sees them talking. He goes outside. 
Hunter swings, but Mero nails him. Uh, nail, Mero ducks and nails him, but Billy takes out Mero from behind. He throws him inside. In comes Hunter. We get the DQ. Jake the Snake comes out, makes a save. He gets swarmed over, but Mero makes the comeback, and him and Jake clean house. Again, I, I, this is actually pretty good. I mean, on the Mero line, it's it's a little bit better than we usually get from him. I thought Billy's heel offense flowed okay. Hunter added some heat. Mero just continues to feel stuck in the mud, though. He never really wins or moves up. He just kind of does the same thing over and over when it comes to booking and outcome. We'll see if Jake's going to have involvement in this feud, why he's here. Um, you know, we'll see what Billy's potential is going forward, but at least he feels a little bit more fresh than he did in the in the smoking guns. So I went two and three quarters. I, I thought it was kind of in line with some of the matches we've seen from these guys early there. Mero and Owen, Billy, and like uh, it's the same kind of match over and over for these guys. Yeah. Star and a half. I didn't like this match at all. I, I mean, I just think Billy sucks. Like, I know Aaron, I, I don't think I've still recovered from him having Billy Gunn on his GWWE list and not Pat Patterson. But, um, I mean, the, to me, this is a prime example. Like, he's given an opportunity here. He doesn't do nothing on offense. Like, yeah. when he's on top, I mean, like, you compare to, like, Owen, who I've rode pretty hard on 96 raw owen was trash talking he was focusing on the back he was doing something like billy's just in a chin lock and not not doing much he did mock like wild man's eyes or whatever mm-hmm. that was something but overall not much crowd heat's non-existent too uh <laughs> hunter calling sable fairly attractive i thought <laughs> <music>. <laughs> this is a music line um i I don't know. This just seems like, uh, I mean, and, and Vince also calls the Samoan drop a uh, look at that maneuver. So mm. not, not yeah. great from Vince. Whatever. That's been, that's been Vince for I mean, come on. decades at this point. Samoan drop, look at that maneuver. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like Ross there. Uh, the finish, kind of dumb. Jake coming in. I don't know why. That don't that don't seem to serve much purpose either. Just, well, Mero was on his team at Survivor Series, so I just... Man, they, they buddied up. Doesn't okay. want to see him get abused. Yeah, uh, I think it, the quicker Hunter can kind of mm. extinguish Marrow and move on. I mean, this feud's been going since April. Yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah, so I, I didn't, I didn't think much of this. All right, let's get to our awards because that's the end of the show. Uh, match of the night was obviously Brett from Brett versus Owen. Yep. A uh, moment I went with Austin's attack. Yeah, I thought like the whole pilmanizing attempt is the best. I had Michaels as MVP. Um, I, I thought the promo was pretty well delivered. I think it was like a tough approach. I thought he did a good job at least trying to get the thing over and reestablish him now as, as again, kind of maybe turning a little heel. So I don't know. I, you could probably go Austin, but I'm Owen. Actually, I, yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like he's been, um, you know, I, I feel like fairly critiqued, but kind mm-hmm. of surprisingly critiqued. And he was good in the match. He's good in his uh, delivery, like after the match, like his emotions, like he's he, he kind of shows some good nuance between wanting Austin to attack Brett to then being like, hey, what are you doing when he right. uh, hits Bulldog with the chair? Uh, any commentary notes? No, I don't think anything beyond what we talked about. No shots fired. I don't think we. Had oh, any... King also said that uh, Rocky looked like the Chia pet oh, that right. was being right. sold. So we had some more. 
<laughs> he had some doozies. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice any shots fired. No. Uh, no debuts. Nope. And final score. I I actually went a little higher than Nitro on this one. Um, but I like this stuff a little bit better than any of the other matches. But I thought Brett Owen was good. I like the Austin stuff. I thought the Michaels thing. It, it was just like an easy hour to flow. Like it didn't feel like the usual slog of Raw. I thought it was a tighter show than Nitro. And I, I think fair or unfair, I'm starting to degrade Nitro on a curve. Like their shows have been mm-hmm. so consistently good when I don't when I'm not into it or there's more flaws than usual, they're gonna ding them more. The bar has been lowered so much for Raw that I think if I get a decent 40 minutes out of them, like I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. So I went six out of 10 on this. So not, I'm not significantly higher, but I thought I enjoyed it a little bit more than I show this week. Yeah. I mean, I'm same score five and a half. I, th- I thought the first half was good. Second half is like a lot of ways like nitro, honestly, like I, I really liked the first half. Sean promo was what it was. But uh, one thing that I did like it with raw though, is again, it, it really feels like, there's different stuff happening. You're not mm-hmm. quite sure where it's leading, but just the, the even something like Sonny kind of oogling over a baby face. Yeah. Like that's something new. Yeah. Like before we'd have the heel commentary, you know, yep. coming out and just basically putting over the heel. Like she'd have been oogling over Salvatore Sincere a year ago. Yeah. If she'd have been out no, it there. feels like a promotion of guys like fighting for the, and I think we see even more like the world title becomes super important um, going into the new year where we just had like basically how many straight years, like five since 93, I guess 93 and the four years of like a guy is just champion for the whole year. Like we had mm-hmm. it with Yoko, we had it with Brett, we had it with yeah. Diesel, we had it with Sean, right? So the guys is like almost, you know, what, Eight or six to ten month reign as six champion, months, yeah. dominates the year. Going into '97, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, we got some players here. How are we going to mix this up? And I think that leads helps to build the chaotic feel that they bring into their new vibe and Raw's War and all that stuff adds to it. That all right, all of a sudden we got like some legit players. We got a little bit of a mid card brewing. Like it, they start to really find what they're looking for, and we're getting there. We can see the seeds being planted. We're not there yet. It's not consistent yet, but you can see like stuff you're saying is like, okay, these dudes are only out because they're motivated by their unique thing. They're not motivated mm-hmm. by just being faces and heels. Like, yeah, one uh, one small critique is, I mean, I don't know how small it is, but again, like the December pay per view is gonna be pretty much a throwaway. But mm-hmm. now we're too much. We're we're like halfway done with the build. We've had nothing on Sid versus no. Brett. So, no. so we'll see if they. That hype that up in the last two weeks going into it yep. but yeah it's clear that they're just it feels like they're punting it given yep. what we're gonna get so we'll see i mean and then they have a they have a bit of a wait right to the rumble i mean it's yeah not, they're talking more about the rumble now yeah. it's time so. so they're gonna i mean they're gonna build that one big time with mm-hmm. being in the album so yeah. one two three four i mean we're gonna have at least like six or seven weeks to build to that right i think uh yeah i'd say yeah. six Okay. All right, let's get to our combo awards and we'll wrap things up here. Um, so I guess by default, Raw's our better show, right? Because uh, yep. combo grade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh best match, heart heart. Yep. All right. Best segment, Bischoff. Yeah, I'd say that. Okay. Uh better commentary. Go uh raw. Yeah, me too. Okay. Star of the night. 
So we kind of were all over the place. I had Bischoff, you had Giant, I had Sean, you had Owen. I'd uh, put Owen up for nomination. Yeah, all right. It's a weak week. It's a weak week. Uh, We'll give it to him. Uh, Ratings winner, obviously Nitro. Yes, but uh, so 3.1 to 2.1. No surprise there. It's the lowest lowest Nitro rating, though, since July 29th. Yeah. That's interesting, coming off the Mm pay-per-view. What was the football game? Uh, Let me look that up. Monday night. All right. While you do that, let's quickly just talk North South Connection. I mentioned earlier, NorthSouthConnection.com, our new website home, has all of our content. So anything you're looking for audio, visually, is all there. You can follow us on YouTube, North South Connection, Twitter, uh, North South Connection, or I think it's No So Pod Network. We're on Instagram. We're on um, TikTok's pretty fun. Aaron has been doing some really cool wrestling figure reviews. They're 60 yeah. seconds and out, but if you like Aaron, you'll like these. They're, they're pretty good. They're well done. So follow us on TikTok if you're on there. If, if you're not on TikTok, Doc, you want to watch them? We link them on all of our social media outlets, so you can find them there as well. Um, just be sure to subscribe on any podcatcher app, and again on YouTube if you're liking the video stuff too. The Dolphins versus the Steelers. So, you know, yeah, Marino. Good. Pittsburgh was, I think, pretty good in that stretch, right? They were kind of. This was there. the year after their Super Bowl, yeah. so I looked it up. They were ten and six. The Dolphins yeah. were eight and eight. I mean, it's it's one of those. It's like. You know, two semi-competitive teams, two pretty big markets. Yeah, fan bases, so could have hurt a little bit. Maybe. Um, All right, so that'll do it. We'll be back in two weeks' time. We will continue to work through. It's kind of a dead-in-the-middle week for us on 12-2. No go-home, no follow-up, so we'll see how that goes as we inch toward its time. And then, more importantly, we still got a a handful of weeks left to get the Starcade, but I'm excited to see how that builds and see how that holds up. So, until then, smell the napalm, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. I seem to be what I'm not, you see, I'm wearing my heart like a crown, pretending that you're still around.